Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another Body Science Podcast with Eddie McLaughlin, a.k.a. Shreddy Eddie. I'm really, really excited today. One of my favourite trainers in Australia, Kevin Toonan, on the other line. Kevin, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm very, very well. For the uh, people playing along at home, um, tell us what your role is and, uh, and your, your huge business that you have at the moment. Thanks, mate. Yeah, so um, in terms of my role, I've, uh, for the last probably nine years, I've been involved in strength and conditioning with uh, the tactical population uh, with uh, two units of our, uh, with our special forces community here in Australia. Uh, I've also worked with the, the police force as well in different states uh, with the tactical population there. And my role basically is, um, in a nutshell, we've tried to template what an elite sporting team does into a military concept. Um, and the easiest way to describe that is that uh, you look at something like, um, look at the Titans. So they may have a 45 or 50-man squad. They've probably got 15 or 20 guys in terms of exercise scientists, doctors, rehab specialists, physios. Um, we've probably got triple to if not more of that in terms of players. Yep. Um, we've got five specialists that that take care of all our, all our players, what we uh, term as operators. Um, so what we did um, early on, say about nine years ago, is that we realised that we're spending a lot of money on equipment and uh, training, millions of dollars on training an operator. Um, no matter how much money we spent, the unit, which is the operator, kept breaking down. Uh, so we went back to trying to invest money into how do we elongate a career of an operator and how to make them physically robust. So all the money that we spend and training that we spend on them, uh, we're able to, to use that guy or girl for as long as possible. Um, so that's where I've had my head for the last or almost a decade. Is, yeah. Um, yeah. And moving on from that, you know, strength elite. Do you just want to tell us some people about strength elite? Sure, yeah. So um, I've got a coaching business or a mentoring business, I guess, um, which uh, allows both civilian and uh, the tactical population to, to, to train with me as well. So I do an online coaching um, partner. I also do one-on-one coaching out of Sydney and, and different areas. I do some seminars around the country as well. Um, and that's that's been my focus for the last 12 months as well. Yep. So uh, with Strength Elite, obviously, um, you've got some pretty high-profile clients, people that actually are trainers, and you're the trainer of the trainer. Yeah, I guess um, I've been lucky enough to fall into that uh, where I've had really, really good coaches and trainers come to me for advice. Um, and I, it, lots, I guess lots of people ask, you know, how, how and why um, I, I got to this spot. And, and all I can say is that I, I think I did my Cert 3 when I was 15 or 16 years old yes. at, at Lincoln, Brisbane. Um, and it's just been time, time in the industry. Um, there's not one seminar or one book that I've read that, that's that's sort of led to this. It's probably 20 plus years of doing this day in and day out, making lots of mistakes, um, asking lots of really good questions and, and never being happy with, with where I'm at, just continually trying to, to learn more, find out more, test things, break things. Um, well, a lot of trial and error, but obviously the education side of things is huge. Yeah, look, and, and I don't go past data. Um, so science and data, that, that's the only thing that drives programming um, and it should always drive results as well. Uh, so if it doesn't, if it isn't proven and if I can't prove it, then I don't use it and that's as simple as that because I'm wasting my time. Uh, at this point in, you know, any type of coaching realm or exercise science realm, you know, most of what we see in the last five to ten years 
you know, a, a weight is a weight, a rep is a rep, a set's a set, you know, you've, you've, you've really got to try hard not to improve someone. So um, you follow the basic principles and the things work. Yeah. Yes, no, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, the one thing I would say there, and it's, it's a phrase that I use, is that research will never keep up with innovation. So obviously we've talked about me being about pro-science, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, some of the things that I've tried over the last 12 months, uh, yeah, but with sometimes with no results and sometimes with, but, you know, I'm with you. As long as, as, long as intensity is high um, and they're performing the exercise, there's always going to be some sort of improvement. Yeah, and look, you and I can probably do a lot of bro science, make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> but because we've done it for so long, we probably do it with the right technique. This we, is right. You know, we probably won't injure ourselves. Where I think a lot of people, younger coaches, younger trainers, uh, younger people with you know just turning up training, are going to yeah. make these mistakes because they're not physically robust. They'll break themselves. That's true. So you're, what you're saying is there, if the base is there, you've got more of a chance to, to, to sort of like experiment. To, you know, in a way. Yeah. Like if you've got if you've got more in the bank, it's really hard to make mistakes. Yeah, not uh, got a baby playing along for those at home. Um, so, Kevin, talk, talk to me about because we're going to have a lot of people that are, um, you know, watching, obviously, with your name being associated with this podcast, that want to know what it takes to get in the special forces. What, what sort of physical attributes? Uh, what sort of mental attributes? Um, what are the sort of, you know, you know um, signs that you guys look for for people that are going to be recruited to that sort of thing? Sure, mate. Yeah, so I, I, I guess the basic idea. Hang on, mate. Let me just let me turn this yeah, again. Sorry, mate. <laughs> I just started to sing along. Here I right. start. Um, yeah, I, I think the resilience part. Uh, what it takes is that you need to have a. It's a young man's game. Um, at the same, and what I mean by that is that you you it takes so long to get qualified, and it takes so long to get the necessary skills in pattern. That's why our average age for an operator is is, is probably late twenties, early thirty. Okay. Because we need a mature mature person. Okay, and, and a lot more. We need emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, far more than we need someone's physical ability. That, that makes a big difference um, in the long in the long run. But in the short term, we need someone that we can trust to do the right thing when no one's watching. So, and we, we deem that uh, intrinsic motivation. So, something we can do. Yeah, people, people at home are, are like, obviously gonna be wondering what is the sort of training that the special forces do? Yeah, yeah. Obviously the weight training, we all know that's gonna happen, all that sort of stuff. But what's some of the mental challenges, you know, obviously sleep dep- deprivation. People have got this idea of what special forces do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's all these things, we watch movies, we see all these, you know, these ways they put them in mud pits and all this sort of stuff. Give us the real life. Give us some real life stories about what makes you know them tougher than names. Sure. So, I, I, what, I, what I can tell you in terms of like what what makes them better than everyone else is that they've made a choice not to give up. So, and, and we see this year in year out is that there is a, a physical guy that is six foot four. He's a monster. He can do the task again and again and again. The, and then you've got this guy who's probably, you know, looks like me, who's, you know, short, bearded, balding. Um, and, you know, I've, I haven't got an athletic bone in my body. I've just had to try for everything all the time. I mean, I've, I've learned by failing. Um, the difference is, is that I've gone through my life failing and then having to work off that failure. I've never had a, I haven't had the pats on the back. And the other guy who's always come first, 
always been told he's great. There's always he just expected to win. Now selection uh, for for both units is based on what what is what is it like for you to fail. So it's not about success. It's not about a pat on the back. It's about putting you in positions where you continually fail again and again. Yep. No, absolutely. Um, moving on from that, Clint. Um, obviously. Yeah, I think- I think one of the biggest biggest things and biggest misconceptions is is that it's 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 there's no myths behind it. There's no fantastical sort of secret human DNA that anyone gets it. It's the guy off the street who wants it more than anyone else. You know, it's like an elite athlete who's decided from a young age that you know he hasn't got any other skill other than either he wants to be a boxer, he wants to be a football player or whatever. And he has just had a single mindedness to do this. And and this is the same for special operations around the world is that we don't think there's an end to the road. We'll just find another way there. And what I'll be right in saying, like, you know, you, you would think there's some sort of preconceived genetic code that these people have because, you know, what I think it's just, uh, it's resilience, and intrinsic motivation. So it's a it's a decision that we all have to make about okay, well I'll quit or I won't. Um, and in my mind, I just there's just not a point that I'm going to quit. Uh, I mean, I just think you're gonna I'm gonna have to die before I stop. Um, and that, that's not that you know that's not something that's I don't think that's sort of not glory seeking or anything. I, it's just one of those things. Whether it's um, stupidity or just a, a, a relentless pursuit of not giving in or excellence is that like it's just I, I won't take no for an answer and that would be ingrained in all the recruits that all feel the same way yeah because if you don't you're, you're not going to last long yeah if you don't buy into it yeah I suppose it's like with any team you know if you don't buy into the what's going on you're not really going to last that long are you really so yeah that's it and it really depends on like how bad do you want it because the whole deal with selection is to force you to ask a really important question and that there's only really one question is it like how bad do you want to be here? and that's it so they'll put things in your way to test your resolve and if your resolve is just like single as in like that's all I want then, then you'll you'll get through. You you need to be mature, you need to be intelligent, you need to be physically robust, um, and, you, and all these things need to align. Um, and you need to have a bunch of really lucky good days back to back. Yeah. Um, but more than anything else, it, it's just it, it's it's doing it's having done the work a year in the past. Yeah. Doing the work on that day. And realizing that there'll there'll never be a really easy day. It's you're just going to continually have to try. So it never gets easy from there. Like that's not the hardest thing you'll do in your career. It's the easiest thing to do. It's just a plateau, and then you build off that plateau. Much like you know when you train, you you hit a PR. Yeah. We don't sit back and think, oh, that's it. That's a lifetime PR. We just think, all right, so how do I get to the next PR? Exactly right. So so moving on from the from the army, obviously you've done a lot of stuff there. We could we could talk about that all day. What? What sort of skills have you taken from that whole, you know, part of your life moving into your new business? Like, is there anything that you know that you did on a daily basis that, that you pull that you pull towards your business now? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I guess I took for granted after 18 years. Um, is that the, A being is the fact that I, I, I just, I train every day. That's it. It's not, um, and that's, that's habit. And, but along with that, it affects my mental state at the same time. Uh, yeah. I think without realising it, I ask better questions now every day. Yes. I, I just I just have a, an inbuilt road 
that, that goes from, okay, if that is a no, how do I get a yes? So I just, um, I guess we're just taught to be problem solvers. So there's no point dwelling on anything that's in the past. Like anything that I said five minutes ago, anything that happened five minutes ago, I cannot change it. What I can change right now is the way I look at it and how I fix it and how I move on. And, and that's all I do. So there's no way for me to go back in the past. I'll fix what I can, move on, learn, and I won't repeat the same mistake. I, I take that into business and I take that in with my clients now. Um, and I try to pass that on as the fact that, you know what, you know, regardless of what happened yesterday, last night, five minutes ago, we're in this moment, we'll be the best we can in this moment, then we'll move on. That's um, a really good skill to take across. You know, it just makes you just cut out so much bullshit in your life. Well, that, that's right. And, and I've got very little empathy and very little time for, uh, for excuses and people who, who I guess we probably know many of this, you know, many people that have excuses who live off them. Um, uh, I've just seen too many people in worse situations that, that just don't have any either. So we live in the, one of the best countries in the world with everything at your fingertips. It's your choice every day to get up and to either make it a good day or a bad day. Um, and, and that's it. Like it's just, it is a choice uh, and it's as simple as that. You, you, what's, your, what's your mantra? Do you have a mantra? Because you seem like a very, very motivational person. Is there a, a mantra you live by or you tell people? You know what? Um, I, I think I catch myself saying it all the time, but it's simply, it is what it is. So if something happens, it is what it is. Like I, I can't change it. Like this is where it is right now. Yeah. Move on. And let's just move on and go for it. Like if car crash, someone steals something, someone breaks into something, you have a bad day at work, someone leaves you, someone doesn't like you. Well, you cannot change any of that. So I just simply, it is what it is and I'll move on. You know, and that's- I'm like you with the excuses thing. My, my mantra personally is that giving excuses is admitting failure. Like you say, people just make excuses just to, like make up for their shortcomings when they should be really just, you know, concentrating on those and making themselves better. If that's something that really matters to them. Yeah. They don't, it obviously doesn't matter to them that much. So, mate, you mentioned before that you train every day. Yep. So I would really like to know, a guy who trains, obviously I've seen some of your videos and I've heard stories in the grapevine about how hard you train. <laughs> I've heard it's very, very intense. I want to know what sort of diet you're on and what sort of supplements you take to train that intensely and get up every day for training with that intensity. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I, I love training, man. Like, like you, you and me both are probably wide exactly the same as I, I love. I love it. I, it's just, it's like a habit for me. It's like breathing. I love to train. Um, I l- really love finding different ways to try and crush my brain in terms of, I, I want to see if I can break myself. Mm. I want to see what that little voice inside my head, if that weakness is still there every day. And I want to make sure that uh, if it is lingering around, then I'll teach it a lesson. Um, in terms of supplements, I'll get up, I'll have, I mean, I'll, I'll probably up about 4.30, quarter to five in the morning. Um, I'll take two shots of coffee, um, two scoops of, um, of the whey, the, the Body Science uh, WPI. Um, and then that gives me enough calories from sleeping the night before that if I have to do something early on, then I'm fine. But I just, uh, I like caffeine and... You and me both. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need it, yeah. I reckon the, the best thing that you, uh, the body science has brought out is that uh, is protein and two shots of espresso. That's... Mate, the Lean 5 espresso is sold out at the moment. It's that popular. Yeah. Mate, yeah. we're flying through it. It's, it's good and, and it's perfect in terms of – because my diet is basically 
for lack of a bit of a term, I follow pretty much a ketogenic diet. Um, me, me and you both, I'm keto as well. Yeah, and um, it's like I've, I've ran through a whole bunch of different diets. At the moment, where we looked at it in terms of, it seems to be very, very good for traumatic brain injuries as well. Um, yep. So I like it because of the fact that I like the foods I get to pick when I eat ketogenic. <laughs> I mean, if steak is on the menu every night, then that is good for me. Yep. With, the, with the keto diet, man, I'm really glad you said you like it because I, I follow the same diet. Um, mine's a very clean keto though. I use the MCT oils, um, macadamia oils, nuts, avocados, and stuff like that. Are you uh, are you more of a keto sort of anything keto, or are you more of a clean? Yeah, I mean, because I work so much, and because of the fact that I travel so much, I'll, I'll get it where I can. But I'll try to prepare a whole bunch of meals on Sunday night that I can sort of drift through. I mean, I like egg whites. I like eggs. Um, I've been I've been chopping meat up, um, cooking a whole bunch, and then eating it. Um, I'll, I'll dip into like protein throughout the day. I mean, my the, the fat intake, I guess, would probably surprise a lot of people. Like, I'm probably sitting around 60% uh, some days. Um, and I, I don't seem to get sluggish or tight on it. It makes me feel really good. Yep. Um, and I'll, I'll get it. And I think I've been on it for long enough now know, to know that I need this and this and this, and that should sort of top me up to around about where I need to be. I'm not super strict um, that it impacts my life, but I really think all the best foods are on that list. So it doesn't I really think, though, Kevin, and I think you should agree, um, you know, these people that count calories all day, every day, actually get obsessed with it. And you're probably so in tune with your body now, um, as am I, that we actually, you almost know before you even consume it that that's going to be enough. Yeah, and you can you feel it too. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if you do, but like I, I feel it. I think, oh, you know what? I've done this, I've done this, and I think I'm full, so I think I'm good to go. All right, so let, let's get, go more of your stuff. So you've taken your, your Lean 5 or your WPI. What else is on your list, mate? Because so always, uh, always branch chains. Yep. Um, what take, reason? Just for the people playing along at home. Yeah, so I'll take them pre-, pre during and sometimes post-workout, depending on when my next meal is going to be, only because I like the fact that it's going to it's going to help repair um, muscle faster and it's going to help me prepare myself for the next workout. Yep. Now, I'm, I'm 38 years old, so I need, well, I need all the one percenters that I can get to make sure yep. that I can continue to train as hard as I want every single day. Um, so I'll take the branch chains in between meals as well to make sure that it keeps like it keeps help repairing. Um, mate, to be honest, it's, it's like it just tastes really good. That cola stuff tastes really nice too. <laughs> yeah, the clear cola is a definite winner for me as well, mate. So, and pre-workout, do you take one of our pre-workouts or? No, I don't take pre-workout only because I seem to react sometimes funny to, like, it just doesn't make me feel that good. I mean, I had, um, I've had a couple of wonderful tropical diseases that affected my liver and kidneys. Okay. So I try as much as I can to be very generic with whatever I take. Yep. Um, yeah, so I, just, I take creatine as well. Hang on, mate. Fucking... Yes. He's locking himself out of the house and then he thinks it's funny. Um, I'll take creatine as well because, I mean, that, that's got to be – that's not on the band sports list soon. I don't know what they're thinking. That's one of the best supplements. Well, we both know it's the most researched supplement ever. Yeah, and that's right. I mean, I, I can remember 98, 
97, 98, when everyone was saying, oh, it's, this is rubbish or we don't know what it is. I mean, if people aren't convinced now and if people aren't taking it now, you know, you, you can't fix stupid. You know, we, we run into the problem, Kevin, and you're probably seeing all the time where people overindulge and stuff. I really think the loading phase was terrible when it first came out. Um, obviously, liver and all that sort of stuff. So those sort of things come full circle 20 years later where people go, oh, I took all this creatine, now I'm feeling like this. When, you know, it's just, you know, and that thing goes with your caffeine supplements and stuff like that now where adrenals get fatigued. Um, I mean, what, what, what's your theories? What's your theories in terms of overdoing it with supplements? Because... Yes, we work for body science and you're an ambassador for body science, but we both know that supplements do have their place, but you can also overindulge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think the biggest thing you need to worry, like, concern yourself with is, is that like you and I, we know exactly when and where to place these things. We also know that our diet's keyed in 100%, so we're not trying to supplement a shitty diet with good supplements. We're yep. trying to supplement a good diet with really good supplements. Yeah. makes a big difference. Is that I'm not, we're not living off this stuff we're supplementing our diet that's already tuned in to make sure that our training goes to the next level. It's the, the biggest thing um, that I see with the supplements is it, it, it's got to be keyed into a, to a, a already keyed in diet. Uh, and I think it works really well when you understand where to place it. I think a lot of people place these things in terms of creatine, uh, branch chains, protein, anything like that, they, they place it in the wrong areas and, they're, and they, then they're convinced it doesn't work. Yep. Or, I mean, we've probably seen it a billion times each, people think that supplements will make them train harder. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, I take protein and just stare at my biceps, they're going to grow all by themselves. Um, oh, yeah, every day, mate, every day. Yeah. Um, so what I want to know is, do the special forces people take the supplements? Yeah, definitely. Um, because if, if anyone has uh, a harder lifestyle, I'll, I'll be surprised. I mean, you, you basically look at these guys like shift workers because most of the time it's it's reverse cycle training. So it was start at 11 or 12 during the day, work through until 10, 11, you know, sometimes in the, in the a.m. the next morning, yeah. sleep and then repeat. Um Messing with your circadian rhythms when you when you sleep and your growth hormone or your natural occurring growth hormone, your testosterone levels, a lot of peak in, in cortisol um, and all that sort of stuff. It just it ages you really really fast. Yeah. It also you know good food it just isn't on hand all the time. And when we we're overseas, um, like supplements were 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 it. You know. And, and banned substances and supplements. How careful are, are obviously the Australian Army with the hosts? Mate, we're on the same uh, same list as um, as every athlete. So, so obviously, Asada, Wada, IOC Council sort of lists. Yeah, I, I, I can't take a cold and flu tablet. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that is crazy. Yeah. All right, so let, let, let's move on to Strength Elite because I really want to talk about your business because I really think um, your past is going to make your future awesome because you've got such a story to tell and so much different ways of training and mental strength and probably ways of teaching people goal setting and, and different ways of training than any other trainer I know. So you've come from a very, very tough environment where I don't think anyone would be prepared from the outside world to know how tough that is. Um, talk to me about some of your clients. If you have a, do you have a niche market? Do you have young, old, female, male? What is your demographic? Um, I don't, I don't think I have a, 
I don't think I've a niche clientele. I think what I have though is I think I attract a certain clientele to yeah. me. I don't tend to get certain types of people come through. I, I, the type of person I get at the moment, I get I get a lot of ex athletes. Yes, um, I've got a lot of current uh, athletes. Um, I've got a lot of amateur athletes and or professional to semi-professional. And when I say that, I mean like business people, yeah, whoever, who are, who are already 100% or getting to 100% in their own career. Yeah. Um, and then they want to take their physical and mental being in, in the same area. Um, I, I think I spoke to someone the other day and, and they were sort of saying, you know, my approach is intimidating and, and I, I tend to disagree 100%. I think my approach is only intimidating if you know that you're not willing to learn. Um, or I think the clientele you've got as well, mate, wouldn't be intimidated because they've already reached where they need to be in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So they've already, already dealt with coaches that are going to tell them they're not good enough and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think as well is that if um, like I'm, I'm still at 38, prepared to learn every single day. Yeah, I'm happy to know that I'm not going to be the best in the room. I think if I am the best in the room, I've got to go pick another place to go hang. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm happy with that. Like, uh, I get think a lot of people get hooked up and they lose out on life due to pride. Um, yep. so, and I think my clientele are just just happy to it's happy to learn about themselves. Um, and these guys are, are continually open to the idea of of suffering in terms of a physical part of suffering yep. to open up the, what sort of what sort of ideas their brain holds in terms of either holding them back or what we can key in to push them forward. Yep. Um, I think, you know, you and I have both been through workouts where, you know, it's pushed us to the edge and then we've had that, that voice in our head that's, you know, we've had to shut up or, you know, either we failed during a workout. I mean, I've, I've caught myself many times giving in you know, and pulling out and I know I've been a pussy about it and I've had to go back um, and, and reassert myself on myself. Um, Nothing worse than that feeling afterwards when you know you've done that to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the difference, I think, between an intrinsically motivated person and an externally motivated person. Like if someone's looking around, they don't count the reps and you, you miss them because you think, oh, no one's looking, it doesn't matter. Man, you could go into any F45 class in the country and see who's putting in and who's not. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Just by sight, faces too. That everyone can pull those. I'm trying hard face. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the, the clientele that I have, I'm, I'm really lucky with. Um, I've got a lot of tactical guys that do a lot of uh, my online programming. Um, and the reason behind that is that through through the last nine years, everything I do is is based on the individual. So if I've got a, a, a tactical athlete. Um, he has to be ready to move at a moment's notice. Yep. So I can't train him to failure at any point during his work shift. So he's got to continually be hovering around 85%, enabling just so I can en enable 100% push if needed. Yeah. Well, there's nothing worse than a generic program for everyone. Oh, you see a trainer doing the same program for three clients they have in a row. You know what I mean? And you probably, and this happens all the time. Yeah. So the fact you're saying everything's individualised is like a blessing to me because a lot of trainers just know one way. Yeah, that's it. You know, and I'm not tied to one idea. Like I, I'll, I'll take, I'll learn from everything and everybody, regardless whether it's I learn something good or I learn something bad that I don't want to take away. Yeah. Um, 
that everyone deserves and everyone's different. Like lever links are different. Like the, like you and I can, we can squat and push things all day long. Well, it's funny you say that because Greg wants to know if me and you can have a squat bench and deadlift off. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. What do you weigh? Uh, at the moment, I think I'm, I'm just sitting on 90, 91. See, I'm 90 as well. Nice, yeah. It's pretty, it'll be good, it'll be good. We can film that. Depends on your wingspan as well. I think my bench, my bench is my worst, I'm shocking. Yeah, no, I've got a pretty small wingspan, so those little T-Rex arms. Yeah, yeah. Well, your bench is going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, you know, individualizing programs for athletes is very, very important. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't even even for the the amateur as well. I mean, how are you going to get the best out of someone if they're not being allowed to, to push the envelope? On and I, and I love that that uh, that beginner trainer because you can get so many brilliant gains out of that guy. You can, you can get more reps, more sets, you can bounce him back four or five times a week. You can really, for that first six to seven weeks of that that first phase of their training, if you don't really squeeze everything you can out of that, yeah, doing that per person a massive disservice. Yeah, I totally agree. It's funny though when you say about individualism, because we're still at, at, at the point in time where professional sports teams still have backs and forwards training separately, but the backs are all doing the same thing. Yeah. And I'm like, one guy, one wing is six foot six, and you got a halfback who's five foot six yeah. and thirty kilos. Yet, yet they're still doing the same program. You know, you know who's probably forged further ahead of all that than uh, anyone I know is um, two two good friends of mine, um, Owen and Ben Franks, who yep. uh, Owen yep. still goes to the All Blacks. Yep. Uh, but Owen does his own training um, because he realised that very very early on in his career that that was. Like he was a certain way and he was advanced for everyone else. Um, and if he, he wanted longevity um, and that was written into his contract, it still is. Um, and, and same with Ben. Uh, ben is exactly the same. And, and now they're starting to slowly get the idea like, hang on, this guy continually has hamstring tears. What are we going to do here? This guy's continually got rotator cuff problems. What are we doing here? Um, I mean, like, I guess managing a football team would be a lot like managing divas I think at some point as well um, those guys have got bigger egos than anyone in the world oh, absolutely mate I've dealt with them all the time but like I say it's still still shocking to me that we're in a, in a, in a case where professional sports teams you know two different type, two different types of body types athletes genetic codes are still in the same program yeah yeah it's, oh, it's, and it's funny I mean I've, I've visited I got to work with a whole bunch um, over the years I worked pretty pretty closely with the Western Force um, those guys impressed me I've just you know, and, and and that in itself is it's why I love love science so much, and I love uh, the exercise science. Is that those guys have the perfect program, the perfect coach, the perfect players. The one thing they don't have is the one thing they do have that no one else does is the distance. And so they're spending all this time on a plane in the first six months of the year. They're the most travelled players in the world. Yeah. Doesn't matter what they do, it, they'll never ever do that well because of you know everyone else is getting this much sleep and they're getting that much sleep and um, they're spending times in the, in the Qantas club, you know, doing rollouts and doing different things like that where everyone gets to go home, sleep in their bed. Um, I mean, and we use compression stuff in the military as well. Yeah. Um, so talking about compression, cause obviously another body science product, how important is that to say guys like the force that like you said, all that traveling, the guys that are sitting around all the time that have just trained, 
um, you know, obviously for blood flow, muscle repair, you know, all that sort of stuff. How important is the compression? Because I know you're a big fan, so I'd really like to know your spin on it. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the, the lower body stuff is, I mean, I mean if, you're, if you're a businessman and you're not wearing compression socks or you're not wearing compression longs, there's something wrong with you. I mean, the, the science is there for, you know, pure fact that it's only going to be good for you. Um, you only sleep better, you walk around better, um, you're trained better as soon as you get off the flight as well. There's one thing that we do is, is that we issue all our guys with compression. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's uh, when they walk into a unit, the, along with body armor, weapon and all sort of stuff, they get a pack. The pack's got compression pants, socks, they've got rollers, balls, they get uh, nutrition packs, they get everything they need to forge forward. So we look at it as a high-performing team. That's so interesting. You, you, no one would ever think of that. You know what I mean? Like that's something that, you know, the Australian public would never, ever know. No, no. I think they'd be very surprised at how far forward we are. In, in many aspects, um, we, we and we talk a lot about learning as well. Is that we there's there's adult learning and then there's adult learning. So we we make sure that once they've passed selection, our job is to make these guys the best they can be. So we'll give them every possible angle to make sure that they're the best they are, and that includes physical and mental. Um, we have performance psychology um, in and around you know like so they can learn a little bit faster. Uh, we know that everyone's either a kinesthetic, visual, auditory learner, so we'll figure out which which part they are more than anything else and yep. we'll that learning to that individual. Um, the compression ones have been a big winner for us is because uh, long-haul flights, um, like training hard, going out on, a, on whatever we do and then having to sleep out, uh, standing still for a long time, lying still for a long time, you get blood pooling, um, you have a hard hit out one day, you've got to be able to recover and you've got to be able to be near your best every single day. Yep. Uh, so there's sort of one percent as I'm always talking about is that like if, if you can do something and it's available and you're not doing it, then you're not treating yourself as professional, therefore you can't call yourself a professional. Very good. No, I like that. And that's, uh, it make, look, it makes a big difference. And one thing I love about body science, and, I, and I, I wore this compression stuff years ago, is that you could wear it in the surf, you could wear it while training. It was good enough to smash around. And, you know, if it was good enough for the military, I think anything that can survive in our workplace, yeah, a massive ticket of approval. It never, it never dies out, though. You can't put a hole in the bloody things, can you? No, and it's like, I mean, I've got compression shorts that I've had since 2009, I think. You'd bash the shit out of them too, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're probably not healthy to look at now, but uh, <laughs> they they just work, and that was uh, like you could just trust it. That was the that was the major. That was the easy thing for me. Is like I, I approached um, Pico in Sydney when I first got there because I didn't want to. I didn't want to be a part of any other company. Like That's I just right. I got to put my name. You seek body science out. Yeah, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to be part of any other company because I mean, it's uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna promote something, I've, I've got to believe it at 110. percent If I'm gonna tell guys they're gonna be out pulling the trigger and throwing a grenade that this is the best stuff to use, yeah, like I've got to believe it at 100. Um, percent yeah. And it's like it. It's not hard for me. I mean, I don't see it as a sell. I see it as a no-brainer. Um, the product's good. It works well. It doesn't die. Um, nutrition supplements are like, like one in a million we have to be on the same rules as, as an elite athlete yet we don't get to train like them we get to you know bash our bodies until something breaks and then we get a yeah. few reconstructions and then 
like tape it back together and off we go again. Um, and how good do they taste too? You know, sensory feedback of the products is incredible. I'll tell you what, those new bars, um, those, those high-protein bars, they're, they're... Mate, if, if, if anyone ever nailed a bar, we've done it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I don't think I've, I've, given, I've given a whole bunch out and no one has said they weren't great. No, and we've got more coming, so just keep an eye out for those. Like, uh, Pico passed off the cookies and cream last year and I took it to work and they were gone within that day. I mean, yeah. I've only got an office of five dudes. <laughs> um, and every time I'd leave to do something, I'd come back and I'd be like, I'm sure there was 10 there. Someone's double dipped, eh? Someone's double dipped. Not surprised. But, yeah, we're going to have four new flavours come out in four months, which is going to be exciting again. Brilliant, yeah. Mate, you got to move forward. You know how it is, so. Well, mate, like, people get bored, don't they? Well, this is it. You probably see it every day with your, your clients. You know, you're going to mix it up. So, with that, Kevin, we're going to leave it with you, mate. Thank you so much for your time. Mate, I cannot wait to catch up with you. I'm actually inspired. I'm actually inspired and scared at the same time. Not at all, mate. We'll get together. We'll have a session. We've got to train. We'll see who's got the biggest squat. Oh, my lower back's already tight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. Thanks for your time. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Thanks mate. Wait.